Episode 28, Bren Derlin. Listening to Star What the The podcast where we discuss Star Wars one useless fact at a time. My name is Marty Cobb, and with me today is my usual co host, Jason Tagmeyer. And Alex is locked outside the house because we had to close the doors. Yeah. It's a little cold out there, too. It is. It is a little chilly. We should have given him a coat. Probably could have taken him home. (laughs) We could have given him a tauntaun to. Yeah, nestle up inside. Exactly. You can get one of those on ThinkGeek, I think. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it just just grosses me out. Ugh. It was like wormy. And anyway, speaking of wormy, today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Is that referring to his mustache? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Major Bren Derlin, a name that you may or may not have heard. Not our 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 most, not our smallest like bit part character because we've had ones. With, with no lines whatsoever. He speaks a little. Yep. He has a speaking a, a few speaking lines. He is memorable for, well, one line. But he's also... See, he, he, he makes a big decision. I would say, though, that his Wikipedia page is way longer than a lot of the other ones we've done. And even some of the bigger ones. Yeah. Uh, Defin- it's definitely longer than, like, Dexter Jester. Which is interesting. Yeah, because he actually shows up. <laughs> he has a whole scene. This guy has a, has a sentence or two. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about Major Brenderlin. Brenderlin was a male human officer of the Rebel Alliance. Bearing the rank of Major, Derlin served as the operations and security chief at Echo Base, the Alliance headquarters on Planet Hoth, under the command of General Carlos Riken. Riken, I'm sorry. Uh, in that post, Derlin had to order the closing of the base door to avoid putting the whole base in risk. And that's that's his big scene. Is that the canon version of the article? Oh, I'm on the canon version. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting into the the the, <laughs> the, the into EU just yet. Yeah. Uh, by doing so, however, he risked the lives of Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, two valuable rebels. Soon after the event, Durlin served during the Battle of Hoth. During the Battle of Endor, Durlin served as unit leader. Was he in Return of the Jedi as well? Uh, no, he doesn't. He the actor doesn't show up again in Return of the Jedi. Um, in Return of the Jedi, but okay. they say he's there. In EU mostly, but this is a confirmed fact by StarWars.com. They say so, that he's there, so it's still technically canon. <laughs> that's that's really weird. Just like the, them saying he's there is like his backstory, which is interesting, but we don't get a lot of like, maybe we do, but like official backstory that's, that's, that's that minor. Well, I think this character has been elevated <laughs> over the years, and I think especially recently... Um, at least a little bit more, I think. Yeah. So, so his big thing is he uh, the scene. The scene kind of starts out where he uh, he shushes the other the other uh, rebel alliance guy uh, yeah, because like a soldier something because they're talking about uh, you know Luke Skywalker being stuck out in the cold and or he hasn't returned and and Brent Erland shows his emotion right there as he shushes him because Princess Leia is is there in in listening range and then. He has to give the bad news. Yeah, that, that they that they need to close the doors. Yep, and I believe the line is, uh, "Your Highness, there's nothing more we can do tonight. The shield doors must be closed." And then, just rewatching that scene, it's so you see Chewbacca like leaning against 
Like, I don't know if he's leaning against a pole or yeah, part of a ship or something. Yeah, like a ladder. There is so much... I mean, we were just... Even just trying to find this scene, we were kind of dancing around the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, which is the beginning... The best beginning of any movie. Yeah, it, it is very well done. It... It, it really, like, re- reminded me how good that movie actually there's, is. There's something about it that's, that's it's cold. And not just cold, like, in storyline. It is cold emotionally. It is, um, it, it's great. It just, it, it's, there's more emotion in those couple scenes than you'll see anywhere else in, in the whole, the whole trilogy. And they really pull it off. Even the extras do a decent job. I mean, like... Um, maybe the guy that plays the general is is a little bit wooden, but I yeah, think I, he's like of the era. But I think it's wooden in a way that's like endearing in a way. I mean, he's like the general that needs to give all the you know. Yeah, he has the, to be a little cold. crap like, news and and like you know he knows that it's not going to go well and yeah needs to yeah. And our character today, Brent Durlin, I think he does a good job at informing it. Like the scene works. He's kind of like he's clearly a little awkward. He has his hands behind his back. He's like, I don't want to have to say this. I mean, but I have to. He, yeah, he speaks with a little bit of authority, but that mustache gives him like most authority that you can oh, the imagine. Definitely gives him all the authority. He has like the perfect like seventies stash. He really does, and he actually would have been well, it would have been shot in the seventies, but around eighty. Yeah, um, nineteen eighty. Yeah. Right? yeah, released in nineteen eighty. Yeah, it would have been shot in the seventies. So. About Bren Derlin, I guess. Yeah, uh, Bren Derlin. It's, it's such a such a good name too. It is. A, it is a very good. Like Star Bren Wars is a cool name. Derlin yeah. is is very cool. And Bren Derlin together. Oh, and uh, the other guy's name was Deck Lieutenant. Yeah, <laughs> really? That's his name. Picture <laughs> <laughs> Bren Derlin and Deck Lieutenant. Deck Lieutenant is now my favorite character. <laughs> we gotta do an episode on Deck Lieutenant. Oh, he'll be as popular as uh, Boondillage Brill. <laughs> wow. So, want to know a little bit more about Berlin? Did you call, did you combine them? It's For like Durland, it's like what is it like J Lo and Be, uh, Benlo Benlo? It's, no, it's, it's Berlin Berlin. You're, you're you're talking about like Brangelina Brangelina Brangelina. Uh, yes, Ber- Berlin Berlin. How about the deck lieutenant and Brenderlin? The... Oh, that, oh, that's my favorite couple. I ship them all the time on my fan fictions. Brecklederlin. Uh, <laughs> Reckla Derlin. Reckla Derlin. Wow. Reckla Derlin is actually my new Star Wars character. That sounds like something that came out of one of those Star Wars name generators. Oh, it dies. Reckla Derlin. All right. So, um, notably, Bren Derlin, his backstory is pretty simple. Uh, he was the son of a senator, as everyone in the Star Wars universe is, apparently. There are so many people that are related <laughs> to senators. It makes me wonder how valuable a senator position actually is. It's valuable if you want to have children. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and he was the son of an anti-imperial uh, imperial uh, senator. Okay. Really about it. Um, he was assass- His father was assassinated by an imperial agent. So Bran Durlin sort of took up the like. He joined the alliance to sort of get revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was given command at some point. He was a captain for a while, and then he saved a whole bunch of people on. Uh, the Battle of Nanten, and which doesn't sound like a real like thing. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm interested in is he's from the planet Tisharon. It's either Tisharon or Tisharon. Um, and the only thing in the in the canon is 
Tishron is the planet that Burn Dolan was from. But uh, in the legends, uh, Tishron was a planet within the Tishron system. Of the core worlds, it was represented by the Galactic Senate by Galen Derlin, which is his father. It was the home world of Rebel Alliance officer Bren Derlin, the senator's son. But we know nothing else about it. That's so interesting. That yeah, the planet was essentially made up for Bren. Yeah, and like we don't know, like, is he used to the cold? Is he, you know... Um, Maybe it's a little more like Endor, and that's why he wanted to go there. Like, we know nothing about it, which is, like, that's like fodder for, you know, fan fiction. Yeah. Which I'm sure there's some Brenderlin fan fiction out there. So I, I have one other thing to say, really, about Brenderlin. Um, besides a couple of little tidbits about his backstory, uh, he became the Rebel Alliance... Well, not the Rebel. He became the security chief. At the Echo Base, which okay. is why he had to call that, why he called that shot. Okay, that sucks. So uh, he explored Hoth to determine it as a good place to be. Land oh, on. so interesting. Yeah, that's that's sort of a, a decent. Uh, Was he force sensitive? No, <laughs> no. Thankfully, no. That means Brent Derlin could show up in Rogue One. Eh? Uh, oh, so Rogue One. Uh, if anybody, the, we don't have any like major spoilers, but if you're just completely out of the loop. Um, pause for 10, 20 seconds. Uh, but we saw a, a trailer for Rogue One. A, a really brief... It wasn't brief in time, it was brief in content, but teaser trailer from the from the Star Wars Celebration. And all it showed was uh, just a shot of a planet that looked a little bit like... Almost like an Endor. Like it just a wooded... Yeah, just like a forest moon. Yeah. A forest uh, planet of some sort. And... Uh, it, it it was that with uh, you see a, a tie fighter comes flying up for for a quick second and then you see like the like the the white outline of like the Death Star and over it was 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 uh, Obi Wan Alec Guinness uh, Alec Guinness talking as Obi Wan and then at the end it cut to to black and or it might not even been black but it was just there was nothing really visual but it was just a lot of like intense like chaos and Pete carried you know, people just kind of yelling and screaming and not like yelling and screaming like a horror film, yelling and screaming like things weren't going well. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. It was super quick. But what that did was that instantly brought me back to Empire Strikes Back. Like it instantly got me in that, you know, this is like a, like a, a fight that, that can't be won. I mean, we know, we heard a little bit about what, what the, what the movie should be about. Um, and I don't want to discuss that just in case anybody's saying, you know. But time period, they did say is, and I believe that was officially said, is the, is before episode four. Between and after, three and four. Three and four. And from everything that it sounds like, it sounds a lot closer to four than yeah, three. Absolutely. So, uh, with that, we could see Major Brent Durland. I really doubt it. He's a little older now. No, not the character, not the yeah. actor, the ca- <laughs> somebody representing the character. Yeah. So beyond that, he doesn't really have. There's a lot of stuff about him, but I'm not. I'm going to be a little bit honest here. It's not all that terribly exciting to read. <laughs> uh, like you know, he he saved a whole bunch of people, which is never really clarified. And that's always. Um, here's one of my favorite little things. So uh, according to this, they found out why the Wampas. We're near Echo Base. It turns out that the noise of the Astromax, like the beeping that they make and the sound and the like, the yeah. everything they do, drives Wampas into a berserker rage. Like they get angry <laughs> at it. So 
uh, he like then was it his job to shush the R2s yeah so he kind of like <laughs> I would want so that like, job yeah. just constantly shushing astromech droids I think it was either that or he used the astromech droids to push them away like, he was like, just send them off, and he was like... <laughs> We're gonna go. close the doors and put an asterisk droid out there, and just say, go walk the Earth. Walk yeah. the Hoth, I'm sorry. Go walk the Hoth. Yep. It's hard to say. And also, that Bren Durlin was on Endor. You actually would see him, technically, in the film, because he's one of the commandos that is with Han Solo. So you do see him. Yep. But you don't really see him. Like, they don't, they don't focus on him, because he's not really there. The actor is not there. So it's just the back of his head? Or I think it was because at that point, um, well, the actor I think would have been a little bit more known. I'm not sure. I don't know when the series came out that he's big in. I so we should talk about the actor. Yes, let's talk about the actor. Because uh, beyond that... The actor is... is I mean, we've, we've talked about Bren as long as we could, but the actor is really what makes him special. Yeah, it's the thing that people would know this character for. In fact... It's sort of like a little Star Wars tidbit that now I think a lot of people might know. Exactly. Um, if not, congratulations, we have Star Wars news for you. <laughs> yeah, so new, uh, not new listeners, but new uh, fact learners. New learners. Here's a, here's a little known fact for you. Little known fact. Bren Durlin, the uh, guy that says close the doors, was played by John Ratzenberger. And if you don't recognize that name... That's because there's a bar where everyone knows his name, and that's because he was Cliff Clavin. Cliff Clavin from Cheers, the the famous mailman who knows everything. Yep, he's a know-it-all, and he's like their trivia expert, I think is the Cheers wiki describes <laughs> it. <laughs> which, which if anybody scours that, like we scour the Star Wars <laughs> wiki. <laughs> that would be a great podcast to go aside this one, apparently. Um, <laughs> sure. Huge comedic actor in a completely non-comedic role. Yep. In, in this film, absolutely. Uh, he's, you know, he goes from his, uh, like in this film, he's got he's got a little bit of an accent, but it's nothing like the the, the Boston accent he has in Cheers. No, like he, I, I can't he, even tell what his accent has a little bit. It's like a little British influenced. Yep. Um, he definitely has a little accent in this video in this in, in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he he definitely does sort of mix it up a bit. He is from Boston. Is he? he I believe, well, he's from that area. He's from the north, uh, the northeast. He's from the, the United States. He is from the United <laughs> States. He is very American. In fact, he's so American, he sponsors uh, Made in America, like which the campaign and website I think that sells Made in America products. Wow! Oh. I didn't. I didn't know that. Found that out today. I think he's probably in some commercials. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, he's done other films. Uh, we'll get into them later. But uh, one of note would be. Toy Story? Yep, he was in Toy Story. He was Ham. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I don't even picture Ham as his voice. I don't picture anybody in Star Wars as their people. Like, I know that there's, like, two really big actors playing the main... Well, at least one really big actor playing the two main characters. In Toy Story. In Toy Story. You said Star Wars. Well, in, in Star Wars. <laughs> no, no in Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe Harrison Ford's the only one that, like, sticks out. Um, no, but in Toy Story... Woody, you know, Woody is and, Tom and, Hanks. Yeah, like I don't think of him as Tom Hanks. No, I think more of Buzz Lightyear as uh, Tim Allen. Yeah, I, I think that that comes through more. I think so. I, um, but you know what? Those are just two very well voice act, acted characters. So to me, they I, that was the that was the movie I grew up on. Like yeah. that was my favorite movie as a kid. So um, John Ratzenberger. Let's talk about him. He 
I'm curious how he became how he got into this film, and I'm curious of uh, Marty if you want to take a look the timeline of when Cheers was shot or released versus when uh, Empire Strikes Back was. It was definitely after. I know that for sure. Oh, I know that it was definitely for sure that it was after. I'm just not sure how how. Uh, I know it was an '80s show. Uh, give me one second. The Google's is running. <laughs> but um, what what makes it really interesting to me is, and you should also look up to see like what he's done before this. But was he uh, an actor in films like that? Like had any parts at the time, or did he come out afterwards in in Cheers? And and I'm sure I know his fame came after. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see that because I don't know much about him from from before Cheers. But it leads me to ask the question of other famous people who are in Star Wars because we've had a couple. We've had Samuel L. Jackson is Mace Windu. We've had Natalie Portman. She was famous before. We've had Ewan McGregor. Um, but as far as like small bit parts go, we haven't really seen much. No, because, uh-huh. well, it seems that, like, a lot of people that were in Star Wars never really made it. But, I mean, there's a lot of people, like, you'd think in the prequels, I would, th- I think we'd see somebody famous in a small role. Like, I remember hearing Simon Pegg really wanted a role in Episode Seven. Um oh, Like, just even a Stormtrooper, like a faceless role. That would have been great. Yeah, and he might even, well, might have even made That's it. true. But there, there's not a lot of that. And um, I know there's a lot of people that have famous people who have visited the sets like the famous story about kevin smith visiting the set for the force awakens and and stepping onto the Millennium falcon for the first time and basically tears flowing and brought him back 30 years it's such a great story if you could find that it's on youtube i'm sure oh, that um sounds like such an experience but yeah did, did you find anything on on john ratzenberger well john ratzenberger did mostly bit parts did before he? cheers he did a character in a movie called The Ritz, who was patron. In A Bridge Too Far, he was Lieutenant James Megalus. I don't know if that's anybody in particular. I don't know. Uh, Twilight's Last Gle- uh, Gleaming, he was Sergeant Kopecky. Okay. Doesn't mean anything to me. He was in Superman, the was movie. He? Yep. He was a missile controller. <laughs> he probably has, There's probably a good shot of him in that movie, I imagine. Maybe of his hand pressing the button. That's but... about the same time as this, so there might have been a sweet mustache. Uh, yeah, 78. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think he always had that mustache. He still no, I, mustache. like like it was thick in Empire yeah, Strikes oh, yeah, Back. That's true. He had like a good extra like couple, <laughs> he had a very good mustache of, going yeah. on. Yeah, uh, Warlords of Atlantis, which is a great title for a movie I don't know anything about, <laughs> in which he was Finn Hanover Street. Finn or Fen? Fen. It's F E N N. Because Finn, as we know, is is um, John Boyega's part in Episode Seven. Interesting. Force Awakens. Yeah. It's also the character in Adventure Time. Which anyway. is going to be such a, like, for young people and, and parents of young people, like, that name Finn and Adventure Time go hand in hand. Yeah, it's, I, don't, I, I don't think of it's anything It's so else. hard to separate it. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting when that comes out uh, in eight months. Yeah. Less than eight months. At the time of this recording? Yes. <laughs> Hotover Street, he was Sergeant John Lucas, which I don't know if that's a significant part or not. He has a lot of, like... Like military roles, like yeah, like military style, like personal power roles. It's the mustache. (laughs) 
Uh, and then Superman 2, so he was another He was another character in Superman. Wait, was he the same character? No, he was a NASA control man. <laughs> Apparently this character was a He's little He's really good at controlling missiles or, or spaceships. He's very good with rockets, one yeah. might say. And closing doors. <laughs> and then after that it would have been Major Brent Bur- Derlin. And then he was in like a couple of other small movies as what looks like mostly um, action... So can you imagine them being like, all right, let's take a look at your history and for, for this role of Major Brenderland. It's very important. And they're like, oh, you know how to shoot a missile and launch a rocket and, you know, you sound yeah. perfect for the role of, of closing the door. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a couple of reasons for all of this. So, uh, oh, by the way, Cheers came out in 1982, so it would have been two years uh, That's about, okay. But it didn't really get fame until like a couple years yeah. later. It was one of those sleeper hits. Cheers was huge in like I don't know like '96 when I was in high school, which is weird because it ended three years earlier. Is that when it ended? Yeah, 1993. Uh, it was. It ended the year I was born. Wow. Yeah. It's almost sort of like that crazy, bold statement it? has yeah. has shut me down and made me completely forget what I was going to say yeah. before that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what I was going to say was, do you think that they cast all these people as like you're just a generic rebel dude? And yeah. then they get them all in and start kind of feeling them out and give them the lines? Or do you think that on the page it says, Brenda Erland does this, and they go, John Ratzenberger, you're perfect for this? Uh, well, I know that, like, I imagine that people with speaking roles are auditioned because they don't want somebody to... There's definitely a separation of speaking role and non-speaking yeah, role. Exactly. I believe but, he auditioned. I, I, I read an interview about this movie. I just wonder if he auditioned for that. Because, like, him and the guy he's talking to aren't that much different from each other in, in what they... Like, if they swapped roles... Yeah. You wouldn't know. Or like, yeah, I mean, it's... Well, maybe I would... I, I, I could have said, like, yeah, that seems a little weird because this guy's younger. Mm. The guy, um, but... He's kind of answering to him. He's a mustache. That, that means authority. You know, I bet he, he was going for Darth Vader. And Wait, in the second film? Yeah, it's a little known fact <laughs> Is that it? that uh, John Ratzenberger was going to be Darth Vader. That's not true. I said it was a little known fact. <laughs> oh, so little known that it, <laughs> it's just not true. Um, uh, that is, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm in shock that you were born the year Cheers. <laughs> I know that's a little weird, isn't it? Like it's weird thinking about because even I know Cheers and... because I was in high school when when that happened. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, um, but Cheers is definitely like I don't. It's kind of like falling off the radar. I, would I, think. I guess you go back and watch it, and everybody from that show has gone on to do so much. Like everybody, Woody Harrelson. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer is that who played Kelsey Grammer Frasier. was Frasier. Frasier lasted almost as long. Yeah, too. and and that was a whole other thing. Yeah, that uh, Danny you... DeVito. Oh, Danny DeVito was in that. No, was he that. in that? No, no, no. Rhea Perlman. Yeah, Rhea. His wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get those two mixed up once in a while. That... Um, oh wait, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, Ted Danson was the, was the one I was trying to think of. Ted Danson, um, who is my favorite. He's not my favorite character at all. He's my second favorite character on Curb Your Enthusiasm. But yeah, Ted Ted Danson's great, and uh, in Curb Your Enthusiasm, he's second to, only to Marty Funkhauser. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of his Curb Your Enthusiasm, so I cannot confirm or deny these these uh, things. It's as funny as Cheers at times. 
<laughs> but anyway, so... Yeah, that was, that was an interesting part of, like... I've maybe seen two episodes in my life. It's just that I've never sat down and watched a rerun um, of it. Yeah. Uh, which is weird, because I used to watch reruns of sitcoms all the time, actually. My favorite sitcom is still probably Green Acres. Is it really? Yeah, that one's way older than I am. <laughs> that is, a, like, the, the second shocker of the episode. Yeah, no, Marty I... was born, the year Cheers <laughs> ended, and... His favorite sitcom is Green Acres. I can't, I can, I, I, like, if I had to watch it now, I might not find it as funny as I did as a kid, but maybe I would, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't watched it in a long time. But, like, TV Land was the only thing showing TV shows during the daytime for a while, so. So, John Ratzenberger, has he done anything recent? Yes, actually. Um, he has a couple of notable credits to I was going to say, now. what has he done of note? And... Is he just doing voice acting? He's essentially just doing voice acting because I think, well, to be honest, he's kind of a... I mean, if it like... I don't, I don't know. Well, he's lost his looks? I think a bit. Is that what you're saying? Like, I'd hate to be... <laughs> I mean, he still looks like John Ratzenberger, I guess. I think he's a fine-looking older man. He's got that little white goatee, which <laughs> some people are into. Yeah, I guess. But... He has a couple of very notable film credits as almost every single... Uh, as a small character in almost every single Pixar film. Okay, that's cool. I have a list of them on... Are they as small as Missile Commander number 7? Almost, but they're very recognizable. Okay. Like, you would remember his part, or some of them are big, some of them I are small. I probably won't, but let's see. Let's try um, this. According to JohnRatzenberger.com... The authority on John Ratzenberger. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> he has played Ham... Okay. From Toy Story, who's... Um, he's a he's a main character. Uh, secondary character, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Gordon the Guard in Brave, which I... I didn't see Brave. Me neither. I just didn't look that interesting to me. I'm sorry. Um, Construction Foreman Tom from Up. Okay. He looks like John Ratzenberger a bit. He's got a mustache. Oh, that's cool. John from Wally, who was the, the main human-like... Guy okay. that you saw in the chair all the time. Yep. Mustafa from Ratatouille. I haven't was... seen it. And I know, I, I know that's a... It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty good. Um, not Pixar's finest, but pretty good. Okay. Um, but he was the like a, uh, the kid, the um, restaurant manager. Okay. Mac from Cars, who was the... Um... Truck? He was the truck, yeah. He yeah. was the, the that carried... Um, what's his name around? Okay. Yeah. Lightning Club. The Underminer from The Incredibles, who it was a small part at the end of the movie. He pops up out of the ground. Spoilers. <laughs> I don't know. Was it even an after the credits scene? <laughs> uh, he played an entire fish school in Finding Nemo. Oh, that's awesome. They, they form into ships. Yeah. yeah I, I, I thought he played the, the teacher, but I forgot. He also played the Abominable Snowman in Monsters, Inc. Okay. And he was apparently in Monsters University. And he played the flea, who was the circus leader in a big and a bug's life. Okay, that's, I think that's all. He's of got them. A, a pretty solid career doing little tiny parts in in, in animated films. Yep. And, and I wonder if, like, if you obviously if you do something and it's working, you stick with it. Yeah. You know, I wonder if there's a solid choice to switch to animated. Because it's something about, you know, the, the, the voice. Like if that's He has a very distinct voice. He it's, does. It's very... You can feel the mustache coming through it. 
I thought you were going to say you feel the muscles in his throat, but, you know, feel the mustache is interesting, <laughs> too. I think that's... That mustache is very definitive of the way he looks. I can't not think of that mustache. Uh, Bren Durling. So, um, going back to Bren Durling and the mustache, they actually made an action figure of it. Yes, I know. Which I don't think I ever owned, and I've had... I've owned, over time, very many Star Wars figures. I've sold at least 400 that I've owned, um, and I still own probably that many. But they did make an action figure, and it had to have been in in recent years because it's really good looking. I think, yeah, I think if I read it, it was from two thousand four. Oh, so that's even. I mean, that's that's that's, that's a that's little bit before number. I thought. Yeah, I think. Well, we it's have. the saga. It's the saga collection, which was the black packaging with uh, the old logo at the top, and uh, it's just him. He's got a blaster, and he's got his, his very well known goggles. He just looks really good. He's got these cool white gloves on. Um, it's definitely uh, one of those ones I want in my collection to go along with uh, Ice Cream Maker Guy, Wilro Hood. Oh, so well. I'm going to have to track, to track down a Brender. And... Absolutely. I just wanted to make a quick note on Wikipedia's page for uh, Brenderlin. Yeah. There's a picture of him that I think looks more like Tim the Toolman Taylor. Then it does. Wait a second. That Tim is Tim Allen. <laughs> they mixed up their uh, their comedy sitcom guys. It really is. What is that from? I, probably a video game. It looks really low quality. Um, that is Tim Allen with the mustache. <laughs> it really bugs me. And like a like a camo jacket. It's so bizarre. Yeah. But uh, while we're sharing photos, I will show you the best photo. There's nothing better than it. Is a fan-signed photo of Bren Durland just staring at the camera. And he writes, To David, cheers. Like, that's, that's the want, best. That, that's what I, exactly what I would want on my... Um... Like, it's great to have something... Like, a show that you could say something like that. Like, if we were to sign an autograph, we would have to write, like, To David, what the F? <laughs> like, I guess, I mean, well, that's cool. But, yeah, I guess that works. What the F? So, it's really funny, actually... Um, there's an interview with John Ratzenberger on StarWars.com, which, for some reason, is, uh, the interviewer was, uh, Dak. Like, the guy that interviewed him was Dak. From, oh, weird. Yeah, from, ba- from, from, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Who also, as a weird little tidbit that I just found out, uh, he also appeared in the film substituting for Jeremy Bullock as Boba Fett on Bespin when he utters his famous line to Darth Vader, he's no good to me, Dad. So he's in. He, wow. He's in the suit. Is that who played that? Is that who Jeremy Bullock is? Jeremy. Yeah, he he played. He was wearing the suit. Yeah, so he was in that suit. Which that's a fun little tidbit. But I feel like everybody's been in that suit. Didn't we talk about that before? Maybe. Uh, no, every Darth uh, Boba Fett appears in everything. No, I thought like a lot of people have like subbed in in the in the Boba Fett suit, it, and I feel like if it was on set, like everyone would want to sub in as Boba Fett. Absolutely. But in this interview, co- going back to that photo that you just found, uh, he's talking about, like, he said he was starting to go to cons, and the guy asks, uh, so, at conventions, do you sign more as Durlin or Cliff, which they say Cliffy, and they say Hammy as well, when they're talking about Ham. I find it really weird. I've never heard Hammy ref- Ham referred to as Hammy. No. And that one bugs me. Like, Cliff as Cliffy, maybe, I-, I guess, but I've never heard that either. Maybe that's just... All uh, that kind of bugs me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's how they refer to it. Apparently these two what are What about like, Brenny? Yeah. Brenny. 
Um, but he says, uh, do you get more Derlin or Cliffy? And I think it's, a, and he says, I think it's about even right across the board. They give me all the photos to sign. Star Wars, Superman, and Hammy the Pig are right up there. So what that, like, beyond the fact that for some reason people want to sign pictures of him from Superman, which I find really weird. Yeah. Um, he must be memorable in that. I, I don't, I don't really remember. It's just, it's funny because like you see somebody at a, like, which film do you get the picture from? And for me, I've done it with some some actors and all, and sometimes it's just which photo looks most interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, it has nothing to do with the role. Yeah. I mean, now, I personally, no, I would pick Ham, but that's just because even my my love for Toy Story does sort of override my love for Star Wars, but maybe I'd buy both. Wait, your love for Toy Story overrides your love for Star Wars? Yeah. I think we need to get a new host. Uh, I'm so sorry. I just, I, I have a huge love for that film. But, um... I don't, I, I'm not, there's nothing fault. The sad there's, part, like, to me, is that they give him all the photos to sign. Like, I know that seems like a weird thing to think about. Like, but to me, that just seems weird. I always thought they brought their own because they just picked out five stills of that they had. I don't yeah. know. Oh, what, Star Wars gives it to him? No, the conventions. They the, give him the, all the photos to sign. No, they don't. Yeah, that's what it says. They give me all the photos to sign. That's, like, not, like, his manager or... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe he was his manager he's referring to, but, like... That, I don't know, that just seems, it seems about right, though. Like, yeah. that, that makes sense to me. I don't know. Did I get, now, I always opt out for the photo because there's so much money. Like, yeah, we were just really. looking at, this was, this is sort of relevant to the conversations. We were just looking at photos of people at uh, Star Wars Celebration in California posing with Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Uh, there was one posing with uh, uh, Billy Dee Williams. And, and they're awesome pictures, and it's just a, a, a staged photograph. It's not just one that someone takes on a phone. It's a, it's a professional photograph uh, on, a, on a little photo set. And uh, you get to stand there with the, with the actors and, and get a photo done. They said they were about $200 if you want to mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, and some people got some really like funny poses and things like that. I would totally do that. That would be worth it. I, I have a photo with Felicia Day that I took at a, at a, at a game convention. It was forty dollars to get the photo. I paid twenty dollars just for a signature of her. Yeah, and like, and I've paid twenty dollars for signatures too. But like, getting these photos is just like this super crazy capture, you know, captured moment. And some people make them like really silly. Like, there's people like getting groped and not groped by by Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, but like getting like headlocks and like. Um, yeah, they, like they're they're really posed and they're re- they really work there. They look like they're having fun, but it's so I much think. fun. I think you have to be at a certain level uh, to get that. Like not at a certain level, but the convention has to be at the level have have an, enough guests that they're going to have this photo thing and then have everybody come by at certain times. Well, I think there's always kind of two ways you can go when you're a celebrity in that situation: is that you either go the Spock way and you start to resent it, yeah, or. You just go mad and you like, I can accept this and I'm just going to have fun with it. Yeah. And I, I mean, think they've reached that point because I think it's actually stages. Because there's a point like, like if I was Leonard Nemo, yeah, I'd be resentful because I'm a professionally trained actor. Yeah, there's so, like, like, we would never see, like, I doubt we'd ever see Harrison Ford, you know, at something like that. No, no. I mean, I think he was going to attend Celebration this year if he didn't crash his plane, <laughs> you know, on a golf course. Uh, but I don't know that. I'm sure he would have part. He would have. He would have been a part of things with everyone else to it. But there's, there's people you don't expect it from. Yeah. You know. Like I, I could see it from all of them if they have any resentment. But I think at this point they may have lost their minds because I would have. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I know I would have. 
Uh, you know, go back to John Ratzenberger, not Brent Erlin, because I, I don't really have much else to say at this point. <laughs> um, you want to know why he was there? Why he was you were, on I, the I got set? some little tidbits, yeah, why he was on the set. So this is, what I was kind of saying earlier was like, if he was famous at the time, but he wasn't. Yep. But if he was famous at the time, Kevin Smith has made it on the set. All these people have made it on the set of Star Wars, so if you're a fan and you're famous, can you get like onto that set? And these aren't sets like they're not anywhere, you know, local for the most part. Uh, but I would I would love to to be at that level to go on those sets. So my guess is he wanted to be at the set and uh, was a big fan. That's I'm sure it's completely wrong. Yeah. So John Ratzenberger, I mean, I. He had to have known about Star Wars, of course. It was 1979, I imagine, when they filmed it. Um, he filmed between March and April of 1979. He doesn't remember how many days, but I found somewhere else that it was about a week. Okay. Um, and he was in London, where that movie was filmed. Uh, he was in London at the time because what he put said was that... Um, he had a friend who was uh, an actor at the time, and he had moved to London to get into stage production. And John Ratzenberger was a carpenter at the time. Okay. So very, uh, there's some allusions to uh, Harrison Ford. Okay. Um, carpenter. <laughs> carpenter. The Carpenter Connection. <laughs> carpenter Connection. We found one. And he moved to London because he had a tax refund check that covered a one-way airfare to London. <laughs> And he decided to go, and he was like, I'm going to stay over there for a couple weeks, make a bunch of money to go back. And then he ended up staying there for ten years. Oh my god. Now, I think it's just because he liked it. Um, now, I said I would pay $200 to take a photo with some Star Wars actors. I would buy a plane ticket one way to be in one of the films, for sure. Absolutely. With no future plans whatsoever. Now, he didn't go to... He did not go to... Uh, he did not go to England... To be a part of Empire. That would be crazy. For that little tiny part. <laughs> For that one part. He only had a week. He went, to, <laughs> he went to England to close the doors yeah. on Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. But he became a stage carpenter, so he started making sets. And then... That's he, he got really famous, apparently, for starting something called Sal's Meat Market, which was like an improv show. Apparently, he's a very good improviser. That sounds so, like, modern. It does. It's a very modern name. Yeah. So he signed up, and here's just one other little... He got the part, he did the audition, and he got, a, he got a small role in the movie to make a little bit of extra money. I think he was probably looking into becoming an actor at the time, because he was like this improv guy. So I imagine okay. at that point. Here's my favorite little tidbit. I'm going to quote him here. I don't know how many days I worked there, John. Responding to a question about how many days he worked there. The thing I do remember was somehow I got a parking space next to Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jim Henson's space, and it was marked with a Kermit the Frog sign. At Star Wars? At Star Wars. Or, or... Apparently, Jim Henson was at Star Wars, or he was at the same studio. See, and I'm a huge uh, Jim Henson fan, and I didn't know. I mean, with, you know, Frank Oz and Yoda, I guess it makes sense. I just, I want to see photos of Jim Henson at the Star Wars. I would love that photo. If somebody can find that, or if you do, in 10 seconds. I may have seen it. Um, so... Let's um. Let's wrap this up a bit. Yeah, our final question. We have, um, you got one. I do. If you had to pick one TV actor or TV sitcom character to appear in Star Wars Episode Seven, 
Who would it be? And it could be anybody from all across oh, time and space. God. I got a jokey one, and then I'll have a real one. I'm going to pick Arnold the Pig from Green Acres. Oh, so we're, we're doing a callback in this episode. <laughs> yeah. That's not my real answer, but I would like to see a little pig dressed in a Stormtrooper costume. Oh, so my silly one would be Balky Bartokamus from Perfect Strangers. <laughs> yes. Just because I want to see him in anything. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. He could be... I could see him on Alderaan and in uh, Rogue One, maybe. Um, uh, here, oh, another, so I'm skipping I got a, movies, but... I got another one, little one here. A little <laughs> jokey one. John Travolta's character from Welcome Back, Cotter. I would Ooh. like to see. And he goes, Hey, what was it? Uh, stick up, up your up your nose with a lightsaber hose. Wow. He would squeeze that in, too. I could totally <laughs> um, Looking at the camera, too, or something. Um, all right, so I got to think of someone uh, that I f- from sitcoms is crazy. It's like you think like Screech, you think like um, uh, uh, what's his name from uh, the, the the cop from Family Matters. Ooh, that's good. Um, you could go Full House, which today's news, which this might be uh, a newsbreaker, was they announced Fuller House. Which um, is a... I, I actually knew about this a little bit. Yeah, which is a um, modern day, current oh. day, starring the entire, not the entire cast, but most of them, uh, Full House, with the kids being the adults now. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's but, actually happening? I, I was hoping yeah, it wasn't uh, going to happen. Well, it may have been an April Fool's article that was linked today, which is the most annoying thing ever. But um, I gotta think of a sitcom character. And I, I know exactly who it is. Who are you going to pick? Alf. Alf? Yes. Oh, that would be so good, actually. Alf. <laughs> Alf as a, um, an alien in a scene. Uh, and, and like John Rassenberger as Bren Derlin, Alf needs to be not comedic in any way. He needs to be very serious. Yeah. And that would be amazing. Yeah. Most people wouldn't even know it's a reference. That's true. Actually... <laughs> Because I was just thinking in my head, I was like, Alf, I know I have seen at least like two or three episodes. I, it's just, it's a before my time. But because the thing is, when I think of Alf, I think of the, there's a, um, a Simpsons line where, uh, um, the episode where Bart sells his soul to Milhouse, (laughs) Milhouse sells his soul to the comic book guy for Alf Pogs. Oh my God. And he goes, it's Alf in Pog form. Remember Alf? That's yeah. what I th- think of. When I, think I mean, of Alf was just was silly, funny. He ate yeah. cats. Or, I, yeah. you know. No, I think it's a great choice, actually, from what I what I know. If, I, just, if they put E.T. in the Senate, you could put Alf on Jakku or whatever that new planet is. Jakko? Yeah. Jakko? I don't know. You know, I'm going to pick one. This is, I feel like this is an obvious choice somewhat. Um, I'm going to pick another Cheers alum. Okay. I'm going to pick Kelsey Grammer. Okay. Uh, because I think, or Frasier, maybe even more specifically, if we had to pick a, a character. I, I think, see that. I think he would be a really fun Jedi Master, actually. Yeah. I think it would be fun to see him in that, and I, I like that. He seems like the Jedi Master that, like, keeps it all in. Yep. You know, like, you don't see him, uh... He's never really, you never really see him do, like, any really Jedi Master stuff. I guess he's he was being wise. He's wise, but wise cracky, and... Yeah. You can have fun with that, I think. That is fun. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, like, if, we should probably think of a modern day sitcom. Do you watch any modern ones? 
Oh, um... I mean, like, what, like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, what I could stretch to be the definition of a sitcom, like... Does, uh, IT crowd count? Yeah, that counts. Like, <laughs> we see it? Moss, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, I would like to see... Moss in a, like, a rebel helmet, and then pulls it off, and his, like, little afro pops out. <laughs> like, uh, like, out of the helmet. That would be fun to watch. Uh, um, I'd like, maybe Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation. It could be nice to bring some... Positive. Maybe actually, I could see Chris Pratt in a Star Wars movie. T.J. Miller from Silicon Valley. I would. Ooh, I would yeah. kill to see T.J. Miller die in a Star Wars movie, <laughs> like he dies in Transformers Four. <laughs> I think T.J. Miller would kill to die in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Probably would. Uh, oh gosh, there's, right. so, there's a lot of good answers out there. There are, uh, and um, I think who would be the worst? You know, so here's you know we've got the best. John Ratzenberger. He did a great job. It was is. He set the tone. He did it just right. He shut those doors. I know who's the worst. Who? Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. And, and we I, might get some some um, pullback because, like, the, the nerd community is, is huge on on those films. And Sheldon, the actor that plays Sheldon, which I can't remember his name, but I know it. Uh, I'm not going to waste any time. But uh, he was pretty good in um, I Home. Mean, yeah, I think he's fine. I think he was he... good in The Muppets, too. But my thoughts on Big Bang Theory, which I have never seen it, but uh, it's it's like the geeky jokes that my mom laughs at, which aren't the same as the geeky jokes that I laugh at. Exactly. It's it's just not it's just not for me. I, I wouldn't go as far as I've heard it been referred to as geek minstrel show, which is way way wrong. I think, in my opinion, that's okay. way overblowing it. Um, but I, I I I do think it like it doesn't offend me. But I, I can't laugh at it. Yeah, it's because the geeks are the butt of the joke. Exactly. Of, you know. And I mean, like, I would like... That actor would be fine in a Star Wars movie. If that character was in a Star Wars movie, I would, like, punch everything. And I'd be more angry at that than I would ever be at Jar Jar Banks. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, otherwise, I could probably think of a couple more. Kramer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's another good one. <laughs> Classically. Um... Uh, Oh, Kramer! Here we go. I got it. We are going to go back to Empire Strikes Back, and Kramer's going to walk in those those doors as they start to close them and do his little entrance. There we go. That's the way I would totally kill the Star Wars universe. There we go. You're right. That, that's a good way to go about it. All right. All right. So that was another episode of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, check us out online at iTunes, starwtf.blogspot.com, and soon to be, this may be a little little announcement, or it might have been done by now, is on Patreon. Um, we're working with Fruitless Pursuits, our, our parent company, um, with a whole bunch of other podcasts for, for some cool Patreon stuff. Yep, you can also find us on fruitlesspursuits.com, by the way. That's true. And on Twitter and Facebook and... Everything else. Yeah. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, please review us on iTunes. It helps us find more people. Yeah, we've, we've got a, we, we, we could use some reviews on there. So, even if it's a bad review, I think it's... The, to be yeah. honest, yeah, because I mean, <laughs> we could use some feedback. Cool. I just want to know someone's listening. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. See you around. Goodbye, everybody.